We're ready. Are you seated comfortably? Yes. Splendid. Then I'll begin. So, I think it was a fairly obvious statement. God's character is central, is it not, to our faith. And so, at this particular time, I just thought it'd be really helpful to take a, a bit of a deep dive, if you like, into a handful of aspects of God's amazing character. And then I suppose off the back of that to ask what that means to us. Questions like this, how does who he is affect who who we are and how we are therefore to live? Of course, the essence of Christian discipleship is, is that we seek to become more and more and more like Jesus in the way we think and the way we speak and the way we act. And I think where I left it pretty much last week was that if we really are vessels of the Holy Spirit, which we are, then that means that we are, we are containers, we, we are conduits, if you like, of the very presence and person of God himself. And so we need to know exactly who or exactly what we carry with us into every room. And then ask how, how that then defines us. How then should that influence us? And for today, if you hadn't already spotted the uh, subtle hints interspersed amongst the songs and the words... But the question is, how does the fact that God is faithful change our lives? That's the setup. Here's the outline that we went through last week. We used something like this each week. It starts with number one, what is God really like? And then off the back of that, how did Jesus then model that character? Then thirdly, what expectations then does that place on us? And finally, number four, how does the Holy Spirit help us grow in and live out God's character, which is the target? Uh, Some key verses for you. Uh, Psalm 36, verse 5 says, Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Pause. Anyone looked at the heavens recently? Right? Vast. Happy with that? As vast as the heavens, your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. As far as you could possibly imagine it could go and beyond. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Do I need to pause and just ask, do we get the word never? Okay, are we happy with that? And then verse 23. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Good news. Matthew 25, 21. Jesus, uh, one of his parables. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let us celebrate together. So as I said, we start with with number one, what is God like? What is God really like? And I suppose the question that kicks off from from that is, how do we define faithfulness? And what does God's 
faithfulness look like? What, what does God's faithfulness do? As I was as planning this, I came up with four thoughts, which no, is one more than you're supposed to have, but I apologise for that. And then you know, when, when I got back from my prayer walk, I opened up the dictionary and I looked for the, for, you know, in, in dictionaries, they often they have definitions, they have number one, two, three, four. And I found pretty much the four, there were five actually, but the four definitions of faithfulness pretty much lined up with the four that I felt that God had impressed upon me as I was walking. And so the first one, uh, faithfulness is loyalty with no variability. Amen. And the dictionary definition, which will heroically, magically appear on the screen now. Look at that. Uh, faithfulness is steady in allegiance or affection, loyal and constant. Dictionary definition. You know, we talk, about, we talk about faithful friends. Some of us at least talk about faithful dogs. I shan't go there. Tempting though it is. But you know, God's faithfulness is at a whole different level. Psalm 100 verse 5. For the Lord is good. That was last week. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Deuteronomy 7 verse 9, understand therefore that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. In in other words, God's faithfulness is unfailing and God's faithfulness is eternal. As I picture it in my head, and I've tried to illustrate this as as well as I I can, faithfulness is not an up and down, undulating, crazy roller coaster of a curve. Faithfulness is a straight line. You've got those little graph there, Gavin, if you don't mind flipping that one up. Here we go, next one. There we go. Not not a great picture, but it roughly... You know, sometimes... You know, we, we can be up and down like this, can't we? Perhaps you know people who are up and down and up and down, you know, and sometimes, you know, when we're up, the ups are really, really high and bouncy and fantastic, and when we're down, we're down in the dumps. You know, and we're honest, we look at ourselves, I wish I was a little bit more consistent. You know, it, it's so much easier even to relate to someone who you know is going to be a nice, consistent, straight line, and not trying to guess whether we're at the top of that curve or at the bottom. The good news is, with God, you get loyalty with no variability. God is not that undulating up and down curve. God is that perfect, straight line. You see, faithfulness does not have good days and bad days. Faithfulness doesn't stand stand strong in certain situations, but then back off in others. Faithfulness is not emotionally unstable. Faithfulness is not situational. And it's not undulating like a roller coaster or up and down like a yo-yo. Think of James 1, verse 17, which I wanted to squeeze in last week but couldn't, but it made it this week. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no Variation or shadow of turning. No variation or shadow of turning. 
faithfulness definition number one is loyalty with no variability whatsoever. Not so ever, not so other, not so ever. Word I'm looking for. Number two, faithfulness attends tenaciously and never gives up. Remember, we're trying to describe the faithfulness of God here. So the dictionary definition is strict or thorough in performance of duty. You know, God's faithfulness, we've just sung, it will never let go of you. God's faithfulness is tenacious. It's relentless and unswerving. God's faithfulness is strong like a father and devoted like a mother. And I don't want to upset anybody, and perhaps I should say it the other way around. It's also strong like a mother and devoted like a father, but I'm sure you, you get the drift. It also occurs to me you know, that, that God's faithfulness is active, not, not just passive. And, and God's faithfulness is always at work because it's who he is. So, so we get verses like this, Psalm 86, verse 15. But you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Amen. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7, which is about love, but I think it applies, ties in here nicely. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. That, that for me, is a great uh, definition of the, an example of, statement of, if you like, the faithfulness of God. In Psalm 40, verse 11, it says, Lord, don't hold back your tender mercies from me. It's a prayer. Let your unfailing love and faithfulness always protect me. Now, his, his faithfulness is attentively and tenaciously watching over you. His faithfulness is is protecting you like a shield. And unlike Star Trek, this one's for me and Jane, unlike Star Trek, that shield never drops down to 75% or 25% and then the enterprise blows up. His faithfulness is always attentively watching over you, like a shield protecting you. Which leads to number three. Number three, God's faithfulness. It's impossible, impossible for him to let you down. Dictionary definition number three. Faithfulness is reliable, trusted or believed. Which is a great statement but it's an understatement when it comes to God's faithfulness. Deuteronomy 32 verse 4. He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright he is. Amen. And 2 Timothy 2, verse 13, if we are unfaithful, oops, we do tend to be from time to time, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, Amen. for he cannot deny who he is. The point there is we may be up and down like that curve, but God's faithfulness is that perfect Straight line. God doesn't disengage his faithfulness from us at the bottom of the curve. Neither does he disengage it at the top of the curve. God's faithfulness goes on and on and on. It is impossible for him to let you down. Here's a statement for you. God will never let you down. 
God will never let you down. If you think he did, with all due respect and apologies, you're wrong. Because he can't. People might let you down. Church might let you down. I even let down my own loved ones every now and again. But you know, for God, that is simply impossible. And you know what, it's it's crucial that that statement, that that thought frames your theology. Theology is your understanding of of who God is, that the lens through which you see him. You you might have heard, uh, I think Pete Reed mentioned this, this the other day, that, you know, People, when you read through the book of Psalms, conclude that it's, it's fine to shout at God. Let it all out and rant and rave. And there is a little bit of that in the Psalms, I know. So I, I reluctantly agree that that's okay. But do you know what? For me, I think that's wasted breath. Because you know what? It's never his fault. He's not the one who missed it. It's impossible for him to let you down. Because that faithfulness is perfect and it's constant and it's unfailing. Number four, flying through these. Number four, uh, faithfulness clings to his word. Dictionary definition, number four, true to one's word, promises, vows, etc. Psalm 71 verse 22. Then I will praise you with music on the harp because you are faithful to your promises, O my God. Psalm 138, verse 2. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For your promises are backed by all the honour of your name. You know, God is and always has been and always will be 100% faithful to his word. You've heard me say many times that the full resources of heaven are directly behind every single promise in this book. Joanne, it is utterly impossible for his word to be broken. You know, you and I can and do, but for God it is simply impossible. Again, see how important it is that that thought, that idea, that principle frames your theology. So that's what God's like. Let's look, number two, at how Jesus modelled the character of God. Uh, John 1 verse 14 says, For the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. See how those two seem to go together all the way through. A couple of verses later, verse 17, For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. And then a little jump forward, Revelation 19, 11. Then I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there. White horse, hint. Its rider was named Faithful and True. That's Jesus, I think you've probably picked up that. So let's work our way quickly through those four definitions. Number one, loyalty without variability. You know, I think of of Jesus' relationships through his earthly ministry with the likes of Peter. He was the undulating curve, the likes of Judas. 
You know, if it had been me, probably with those characters, I suspect I would have given up long ago. But Jesus never gave up on them. Right to the very end. Number two, uh, faithfulness never gives up on you. And I would say a feature of Jesus' ministry was that he was always championing the cause of the least and the lowest and the worst. Just read through those gospel stories. He just never gives up on you. The world had long since given up on the tax collectors, had long since given up on the prostitutes, had probably given up on the poor widows. But Jesus championed their cause to the very end because he never gives up on you. Thirdly, it's impossible for him to let you down. I think it's a fairly straightforward statement. There's no record in Scripture at any stage of Jesus ever failing or letting down anybody. And number four, uh, God's faithfulness clings to his word. After all, Jesus is, as we've just read in John 1, he is the word made flesh. He is the one who fulfilled every last word, letter, dotted I, cross T of the law. He is the one, as we read in 2 Corinthians 1, he is the one in whom all God's promises are yes and amen. When I think of, of Jesus' faithfulness, I immediately think that, that he was, number one, he was faithful to the, to the mission of God. Think about Philippians chapter 2, how he humbled himself, how he laid down his majesty, how he humbled himself, came to the earth, and how he lived as a servant and died a miserable death on our behalf. Absolutely 100% faithful to his mission, to God's mission from start to finish. Number two, he was faithful to the word of God. Number three, he was faithful to the spirit of God. He said, I never do anything unless my father tells me. And fourthly, he was faithful to the people of God. I would say that, that Jesus was a perfect manifestation of the faithfulness of God. And I couldn't complete this section without Hebrews 13 verse 8, which says, Jesus Christ is the same Yesterday, today, and forever. Faithfulness, constancy, loyalty, no variability. And number three, what expectations does that then put on us? John 8, 31, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. Okay, expectations. Matthew 25, 21, already read this one. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. We're required to be good and faithful stewards of what God places in our hands. Went on to say, you've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Then 2 Timothy 2.22 says, Run from anything that stimulates you for lust. Instead, pursue righteous living. Pursue faithfulness. Pursue love and peace. And then Paul in 2 Timothy 4 verse 7 said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. So I think it's, it's pretty clear from, from those passages and from what we understand that, that we have a clear call to be faithful as he is faithful. So, so the question then becomes, how, how do we become more faithful 
in our relationship with God? How do we become more faithful as a friend and brother? How do we become more faithful to his word and to his will and to his ways? And you know, with those questions before us, as is always the case, the challenge we have is human nature. Because if we're honest, we're probably not always faithful to our word. If we're honest, we probably tend to give up when the going gets tough, which of course, true faithfulness never does. If we're honest, perhaps I should speak for myself, we tend to move on when we get bored. If we're honest, we probably all have good days and bad days. We probably turn our backs on people when they mess up, when they fail us or hurt and offend us. That's what we would call human nature. But I don't know about you, when I, when I see that alternate list, for me, I, I want to be that straight line. I want to be someone that you'd look at and say, Jamie was faithful, Jamie was stable, Jamie was consistent. You know what you're going to get from Jamie and it's going to be good. I don't, I don't want to be that, that undulating curve. I don't want to be up and down and all over the place. For, for many reasons. You know, that, that, that variability is really frustrating. Do you get frustrated with yourself when you do some, some of those things on that list? You let people down, you get bored, you move on, you ignore people. Do you get frustrated by that? That undulating curve is, is when we find ourselves just being tossed to and fro by the wind, as it were, we, we can easily find ourselves being manipulated and tricked by our own emotions. None of us want to be variable and unpredictable. None of us want to be up and down, in and out, hot and cold. So the question is, how do we move from variability to stability? How do we move, if you like, from sand to rock? How do we move from being at the mercy of human nature to the strength of God's faithfulness? And that leads us to number four, which is how does the Holy Spirit help us grow in and live out God's character? Galatians 5.22, which you know well, says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace. Come on, everybody. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So, so we learn from this that, that faithfulness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. That faithfulness is, is, or at least should be, the, the inevitable byproduct of the Holy Spirit's work deep in our hearts. That, that work, as he, as he makes us more and more like Jesus, we should be becoming more and more faithful. Amen. The, the, the passage, we're going to look at the, the, the passage before and after this verse just for a minute. So Galatians 5 verses 16 through 26 teaches us how we, how we grow in the fruit of the Spirit, which is just listed, and how do we turn away from the fruit of the flesh. And the message 
here is quite simple, I think. In verse 16, it starts, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. So then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You see, it's your sinful nature that drags you off that straight line to the highs and the lows of that undulating curve. It's the Holy Spirit that will keep in you that stability, that, that, that faithfulness, that constancy, if you like. And then in this passage, it goes on to say that, that, that at every decision point, we're at a crossroads, if you like, and we have a choice to make. We can either respond on one hand to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, or we can give in to what it calls fleshly temptation. In this passage, it describes it as, as the desires of the sinful nature. It talks about the old ways that we've been taught over the years. And when it comes to those fleshly temptations, when it comes to those old ways, that sinful nature, it's a pretty ugly list. I'm not going to read it because it's X-rated. Verses 19 through 21. But I will read from verse 17 onwards. It says, The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. That's that choice, if you like. That's that crossroads. It says, These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. The fruit of faithfulness. Verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I love this passage. So key, as I've already said, is, is following the Holy Spirit's leading at every turn. As verse 16 says, to let the Holy Spirit guide. We call it walking in the Spirit. You know, I think it comes down to this, you know, we have, we have within us all the faithfulness we will ever need. Why? Because, as we said right at the beginning, because we are vessels, we're conduits, we are containers of the faithful one. We have unfettered access to the truth of his word and to his wisdom, to what Paul described as the mind of Christ. Because we're able at every turn to discern his leading and to feel his compassion and to follow that that inward witness, that prompting, that guiding, that leading of the Holy Spirit. I think the, the crux of the, it, it comes down to this. If, if we want that stability and that, that unwavering constancy, if we want to be faithful as he is faithful, if we want the, the ability to be able to stand on God's word always, we want the ability to be able to walk closely with the Lord always. If we want to be able to cling to God and, and to his ways tenaciously always, then the message is contained in this passage. We need, we need to learn to, to ignore the, those nagging, tugging impulses of the flesh, that old sinful human nature. We need to learn 
to ignore that, to switch off that tap, if you like, and instead to tap into, to listen, to follow, and to obey the gentle promptings of the Holy Spirit within. You see, at every turn, the Holy Spirit reminds us of truth and keeps us standing on the rock. The Holy Spirit always moves us towards God and his promises and away from that emotional whim of the moment. The Holy Spirit will always move us towards faith and away from fear. And of course, if you are faithful, you will be faithful. Little play on words. You know, the Holy Spirit will always move us from uncertainty and from instability and from insecurity towards certainty and security and identity. Verse 16, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Since we are living by the Spirit, verse 25, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So so wrapping this up, do you know what? We'd all love to be faithful like God, wouldn't we? The reality is, though, we probably have good days and bad. And so the secret, not really a secret, the secret is to become increasingly spirit-led. Spirit-led. And if we do that, that will help us to break, to break the dominion of flesh that causes that roller coaster of emotion and decision and indecision in your life. It'll help break that, that frustration, that, that whim and emotion driving us as we're tossed to and fro by the winds. It's quite a lot of wind at the moment, isn't there? It's easy for that to toss us to and fro. It's easy for it to pull us away from faith and into fear. But God is faithful. God is that constant, straight line. And if we will learn to to ignore the flesh and respond to the Spirit, if we will become increasingly Spirit-led, then that will help us to grow in, in grace. It'll help us to walk in love. It'll help us to cling tightly to his word. It'll help us to become faithful servants. It'll help us to be faithful as disciples. And it'll help us to be faithful witnesses for Jesus. Okay, so. Here's the the kind of response challenge for today. Two things. Number one is, do you know God's faithfulness? Obviously, that's where the message starts. The first half is reminding us of the reality and the power of his faithfulness over you like a shield. The question is, do you know God's faithfulness? Do you know what? I'd encourage you today, as part of your response to this, to make a decision today to climb onto the rock. To climb onto the rock of his unchanging and tenacious and never failing faithfulness to you. So challenge number one is, do you know God's faithfulness? And then challenge number two, you knew this was coming. Are you straight line or are you undulating 
roller coaster, up and down, yo-yo curve. And I'd say, this week, make a decision, a conscious decision to decide, to determine, to ignore the voice of the flesh. You know what it sounds like. You know where it tugs you. You know where it takes you. You know the consequences of where it takes you. Make a decision this week to ignore that voice. Make a decision right now as you respond, as we pray together, to tune yourself in to that voice of the Holy Spirit. That inward leading, that prompting. The shepherd, as it were, leading his sheep. And if you do that, he will take you in that lovely straight line and you'll avoid all those ups and downs. I think this is a timely message right now. It's so easy for us. I promised I wouldn't mention the V or C words. I'm not going to mention the V or C words, but you know what they are. With all of that going on right now, let's remember God's faithfulness. Amen. 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 Thank you, everyone, for your patience. Please stand. I'm going to pray. Uh, If the worship team would like to come forward, that would be great. Father, we've sung it today, we've sung it yesterday, and we'll sing it tomorrow. Great is your faithfulness. And Lord, we can stand here today on the rock knowing that you are watching over us. Knowing that you will never let us down. Knowing that it's utterly impossible for you to fail us, or break your word, or for your promises to fail. That is the God that we serve. So Lord, we worship you today. We honour you. And we remember your faithfulness to us. Your faithfulness to us yesterday. Your faithfulness to us today, right now. And your faithfulness to, to us forevermore. And God, as we hear that call to faithfulness, we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you make us faithful as you work in our hearts Help us, Lord, as always, to, 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 to move away from all those forces and influence and those nagging voices that try and drag us down in that curve. Help us to fix our eyes firmly on you, the faithful one. Help us, Lord, in the circumstance of life to draw on the well of faithfulness that we have because we have the faithful one living in us and with us and walking beside us. We have the privilege, Lord, of taking your faithfulness to this world. Help us, Lord, to be fountains of faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen.